Super Talk Mississippi media production. Are you tired of dents and scratches ruining the look of your car? Look no further than Porter's Body Shop in Brookhaven. Call us at 601-833-1861 or visit us online at portersbodyshopms.com. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio with us today. And after the week we had last week, you know you want to go ahead and plan an adventure in Mississippi. So head on over to visitmississippi.org. You probably want to plan one nowhere near your zip code, area code, people you live with. It's probably a state, not a staycation, but a true vacation and, and a getaway. And you can get away too to supertalk.fm slash watch. You'll see that I am not alone today in the Good Things Studio. I'm happy to have my friend, Jill Gordon. She is the CEO and founder of Enrich Mississippi, but she's also a mom who had to pull working from home, homeschool, and snow, ice, all the things last week, too. So, yes. And it's your birthday. Yes. So happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. So how was it? Did you survive? I feel like I haven't had a week with makeup or hair done. I wore makeup every day, but if you know me, you know that's not uncommon. Uh, no, I mean, I get up and get dressed first thing in the morning and started working, and um, I had to get on my son a little bit to stay engaged with virtual learning. I'm sure most most parents do. Mine is a uh, very hyperactive child. So it was quite interesting. We skied in the neighborhood. We snowboarded in the neighborhood. I mean, he'd do school and then we'd play. So I think that was a good mix. Yeah. And I think by now, I feel like we're starting to get a little bit of these survival skills. We didn't know that we had mm-hmm. as parents with the first shutdown, which is looming on almost a year ago. It's like mm-hmm. they left for spring break and then they, the school never took them back. So we were feeling a little bit like, oh, no, <laughs> is this how this is supposed to happen all over again? But no, they're all back in school today. Uh, I assume statewide. I, I know at least here centrally, they're all back and going because it's safe and the roads are opened. Um, but yeah, but you realize, hey, man, as a mom or a parent or a grandparents or whomever had to watch the kids for the week, you realize I am tougher than I thought I was. And we can we can do this like we can we can survive these weeks together, although we don't necessarily want to see many of them um, coming along. But I know um, you talk about your son, Jill, being hyperactive and just, uh, you know, a big centerpiece of your world. He's a big centerpiece of why you sort of left your full time job. Um, way back when and started in Rich Mississippi. So for those that have, are hearing that term for the first time today, explain to us how that got started. Okay, well, um, I'm glad that you brought that up because we had our one-year anniversary uh, in December of this last year. And 
it's really been a dream come true for me. I mean, I had this vision and I planned and executed and I had lots of great volunteers that helped me. Um, but Enrich was started because I kept seeing alerts in the media and alerts in the news about vaping related deaths, vaping related incidents, vaping, vaping, vaping. It was everywhere that I turned. I was at a high school football game. It could have been middle school. I don't know. I just went to support Northwest and, um, I was on the bleachers with my friend CJ and we were talking and I said, this vaping problem has become such a big deal. And we just started looking around and tons of teenagers were just openly vaping in this, you know, stadium. And, um, it bothered me. Like they just had no, they weren't even hiding it. And so I, at that point decided, and I told her, I remember where I was sitting and and the conversation we had. And I said, I've got to do something about this. And so I did. I left my job with the state medical association that I loved. I loved working as their marketing director, but I left in September, started studying for real estate. Um, and also started forming the nonprofit. There's lots obviously involved in doing that. We really launched effective January and we were thankful to the State Department of Health because we got our first grant. We held that summit. Remember we did this mm-hmm. and them? Did that summit in February. It went so well. We were going to do another one, but then COVID, right? And so we kind of had to rethink our strategy. During COVID, we really focused on building this youth leadership team. And uh, Why is it important to you for Enrich Mississippi to have the leadership team by the peers that you're trying to reach? Very good question. Peer-to-peer prevention nationally is highly, highly effective. And, you know, it's one thing for a middle-aged woman to stand up in front of a classroom or to stand up in front of teenagers and have the conversations of what they shouldn't do and why and it's another one to have a peer in their social setting say you know what that's not a good choice you know I'm and and learn how to say no we talk a lot about peer pressure and we talk a lot about um their social settings and how to talk to other teens but but primarily peer-to-peer prevention is my main strategy because it is so effective and has been proven nationally to work. And I would think, though, the first uh, sort of hurdle would be to even get the teens to open up to the fact that maybe it's not a good alternative to cigarettes or it's not, you know, there's still some health concerns because I think when vaping first hit for everybody, adults and anyone, uh, well, obviously, if you're under the age of being able to, to legally buy cigarettes, I assume that would not be necessarily a good thing. But all 18 above, everyone thought, hey, this is a opportunity to, you know, smoke less or take in less tobacco, which, you know, after, you know, hindsight's always 2020. And now we're learning more about the substances that are that go into the vapes and the dangers mm-hmm. that come. Was it harder to crack that? Because I felt like we had a good hold on kids, at least learning the dangers of tobacco. But now it's like, you're going to take this from me, too. So how did you sort of crack that with them? Or yeah. are you cracking it? Because yeah. it's still an ongoing conversation. It is an ongoing conversation. And there's a lot of work to be done in the prevention of, of e-cigarette use in teens. Um, I say this a lot during the summit. We recently spent the last seven months recording and producing the state's uh, virtual vaping summit funded by the Department of Health and hosted by me. Um, and the youth leadership team was a huge part of that. But... Um, It's something that deserves our attention because since 2010, vaping's more than doubled in teens in Mississippi. That's huge. Like, when was the last time that you saw something from 2010 to now increase 1,700% in high school students? Why do you think that is? Because it's easy. 
it's electronic, so it's geared for their generation, and it's easy to conceal and it's easy to hide. Yeah, because you don't have to wear gloves to hide your e-cigarette. That, that <laughs> yes. And now, you know, when it first came out, I, I remember seeing the first vapor, like, and I was like, oh my gosh, the amount of smoke that came out was just unbelievable to me. Now they can vape and no, no smoke comes out at all. So, I mean, you can't really tell if they are. So it's incredibly easy to hide. The youth leadership team in the summit, we have several pieces of information really for everybody uh, included, and it is available on demand. So I want to make sure the community knows of that resource. But the youth leadership team talks about that very thing, how they've been marketed to, um, why they think that their peers think it's so cool. Social media plays a huge role in that. You know, the word, word and news can travel so much faster now. Well, if you if you spend any time on TikTok, which I find highly entertaining, uh, but if you spend any time on TikTok, you'll notice all those young people have vapes in their hand in their TikToks. And um, it's just a common thing of their generation. What is it uh, that's so dam- dangerous about vapes that you want parents to at least be informed about then also to share with their kids? Well, prolonged use of anything that you're inhaling obviously has uh, medical complications and implications there we spend a lot of time on the summit talking about that like what is in the vape it is aerosol chemicals can be drugs there have been drugs uh, found in these vapes in our schools and so um, we did a panel discussion with northwest rankin and rankin county school district and they talk about the different types of substances that they were seeing in those vapes cali one of our youth leadership uh, team members. She's from South Mississippi. She's a high school student. She has a story of a young lady that was found unresponsive in their school. Well, Callie's joining us um, here on Good Things. Uh, hey, Callie. Hey. You Have you unthawed? Ma'am, it's it, kind of hard to hear. That's fine. Are you, you have any eyes? Did you get to enjoy your time at home? Uh, yes, I am. I really, we didn't have any ice, so we didn't have any extra days off, but we are close enough to the New Orleans area that we did get Monday and Tuesday off for Mardi Gras, even though that there was no, like, parades or anything. But those two days were good. Well, that sounds like a you did have a good at least time off. Um, Jill was sharing that maybe you have a personal story with vaping that, that um, encouraged you to be part of Enrich Mississippi's leadership program. Can you share that? Yes, ma'am. Um Miss Jill, well, first off, a college student kind of got in touch with her somehow. I'm not really sure. And then my cheer coach saw that Miss Jill was looking for people to be a part of this team. And she kind of reached out to me and wondered if I would want to be a part of it. And I was like, well, yeah, of course, you know, I will. And then um, once, honestly, I didn't really think it was going to be that big of a deal. Well, once I really got into it, And I started learning all these things that I was completely, like, I didn't know anything about. I didn't know how dangerous it was. I didn't know that vaping could cause way more damage than cigarettes. I was completely clueless, and I've learned so much more. And so it made me grow a big heart for people who choose to do that daily. Well, Kaylee, we're going to hold on, and we're going to get back to you and your story within Rich Mississippi coming up next here on Good Things.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Day, but in the studio, we've got Jill Gordon. She's the CEO and founder of Enrich Mississippi, and it is her birthday. But before we get to that, we want to remind you that the ice and the snow has melted or it's on its way to melt. And so that means you are going to want to plan yourself a Mississippi adventure, and you can do that by going to visitmississippi.org. And we are finding out a little bit more about Enrich and Enrich Mississippi's uh, mission around, I guess, teen vaping mm-hmm. and specifically the leadership team that they have put together with students to sort of help move this movement through Mississippi. On the phone, we have Callie, uh, who was sharing with us how she got into Enrich Mississippi and a personal story. So continue with us, Callie. Yes, ma'am. So continued on that, I kind of started learning more, and then we got to the weeks coming up before the summit, and Miss Jill reached out to me to be one of, like, the more – like taking control over the team a little more like a step up and I felt very honored and she wanted me to kind of run our Instagram page so in doing that I had to look up more facts reach out to people and kind of come out of my comfort zone because they don't know me personally but sometimes that's not really my place I guess like I don't know that's not where I usually do stuff so it made me come out it made me learn some more about this terrible thing and um so I started making graphics and stuff and growing in my learning. And then a teen girl at my school um, was found, passed out on the floor because she had inhaled something that she had no clue what was inside. Um, when she went to the hospital, it did come up that something had gone wrong and on her scans, it showed that she could have possibly died from that. And so that opened my eyes even more and um grew my caring for this so much more so when the summit came up i wanted to reach out to people and let them know that this is going on and you're talking about teen vaping going on and we've got some more of your leadership um chair members here the two chairs here joining us in the good thing studio again if you go over to supertalk.fm slash watch you will see that i have now doubled the beautiful women that are in the studio with me today here on good things i have with us Haley. Or Hallie, who's also Hallie, got it right. All these hard names yes. on a Monday is just in Amber, who is also Miss Jackson teen. She is wearing her um, crown and all today. I am so impressed that you got up on this Monday and got so fabulous for us here on Good Things. I feel like we're all struggling just a little bit, but you look on point. Yes, and and I'm so happy too to know that you guys are chairing this leadership team for Enrich Mississippi. So we'll start with you, Deambra. How did you get involved with the leadership team? Well, from a young age, I did really know about vaping and tobacco because my older sisters, they had been involved in the Rat Pack, and um, they went around schools teaching kids not to do tobacco. Then once e-cigarettes started getting more popular, they started talking about that too, and so I I caught on to that, and part of my platform for my um, title as Miss Jackson's Outstanding Teen is called Understand Beforehand, and I knew that I needed to get involved in the community, and I got in touch with Miss Jill, and she... um. Let me be on the team with the Enrich Mississippi, and that's how I learned about it. So how, what is your story, Hallie? So my mom actually met Miss Jill at a medical convention, 
and they became good friends. They talked a lot about the topic, and my mom, being a high school parent, was concerned about vaping and the epidemic. So she talked to Jill, and then my mom talked to me, and we decided that I could get some great leadership roles and opportunities and spread the awareness about all of the dangers of vaping through this, and we have done so well. I'm so happy with everything we've gotten to do and that Jill's given me the opportunity to do. So what are some of the shockers that you've learned by being part of this leadership program with Enrich Mississippi? I mean, obviously, you girls are, are probably wouldn't have tried tobacco or e-cigarettes regardless of having Enrich come in. I mean, there's always just the two types of, of students. Or would they have? Or would they have? I don't know. But we're going to assume that they didn't, that they have good heads on their shoulders. Um, but, you know, other kids are curious and just start to try things. That doesn't put them in any other, you know, sort of category. But what were some of the big takeaways, like uh, Callie? was just sharing with us the fact that she didn't know all the stuff that was in there and you find a student unresponsive. I mean, that's scary. So what are some of the shocker things about vaping that you've learned um, that you're sharing with your peers? See, um, I'm... Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> well, with me, um, I had all, since I told you I was already... I had already been drilled in my head about how bad it was and I hadn't really been seeing it. But as I got older and I realized that my friends were trying it too, I could see the side effects. I saw different things. And then being on Enrich, it allowed me to um, get good sources so I could learn good information on it. And once I found all that out, I really realized how actual te- how actually terrible it is. For you? Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, I learned so many things about what are in vapes that I didn't know before that really scared me, freaked me out. But I think the most shocking thing I've learned is part of Enrich. We have a member who's a sixth grader, and she was telling me about how sixth graders are doing this and talking about vaping. And when I was in sixth grade, I had no clue what that was. And it's just shocking that it's all the way down to lower, like, kids that... Or do kids just not fear it? I mean, is it a thing of do they just feel like it's safe if the parents don't know what they're talking about? Is it kind of like the same thing with smoking or is there something else going on at the schools that parents need to know about? Don't worry. You, nobody's going <laughs> to share who you are. <laughs> See, I really Your inside think information. That, I mean, kids aren't aware of the dangers because you've always been warned about the dangers of smoking. But you weren't raised on the dangers of vaping, and you should be. That's something that we need to talk about and that parents need to talk to their kids about and just be open with them so they can educate them before they're in a scenario where they're offered something and they want to try it because it's cool or because it looks fun or maybe because of the flavors that are fun. So it's just something that kids are getting introduced to a lot younger now. D'Amber, you talked about your sister who was in the Rat Pack, which was Reject All Tobacco. I think that's one thing Mississippi did well from the get-go with the tobacco settlement um, there with the Partnership for Healthy Mississippi. And it feels like, man, we were really, you know, honing in that message. And then here comes, you know, another sort of curveball sort of with it. But, but what made that successful was once students started to realize the lies behind the marketing and the targeting of youth for tobacco, they really started to fight back on it. Are you feeling like that we're also seeing that with e-cigarettes, even though it feels like it's starting to sort of exacerbate on who all's you know, using it? But are students waking up to the fact that this is just a bad idea? I do feel like some students are waking up about it, but I think it should be enforced a little bit more. There should be um, more consequences and stuff in schools and in community areas because we need the same way we're trying to enforce it. There needs to be a good consequence. If they're, if we're enforcing it and you can still get away with it, then that's defeating the purpose. And Jill, I know that's a part of Enrich that you're proud of as too is the policy making part. I mean, yes. it's one thing for parents to say that you can't do it, but it's another thing for our schools and our administrations to sort of get behind it too. What's happening on that front. Excellent. I'm so glad that you brought that up. But I also wanted, before we get into the legislative piece, I also wanted to comment on something Hallie said. 
And I don't believe vapors identify themselves as smokers. And we talk a lot about that in several of the panels in the Vaping Summit. Um, But as far as the legislative goes, we have several champions at the state capitol that have really fought really hard last year and this year. Um, I went to the capitol last week. I love, anybody that knows me knows I love going to the state capitol. And I'm so appreciative of all the lawmakers uh, there to help Mississippi children because to me there's nothing more important than our future. Uh, But we did a legislative panel discussion with Senator uh, Nicole Boyd, uh, Representative Nick Bain, Dr. Jim Risch out of Northeast Mississippi, Mississippi, Bubba Bland, which is a mayor, and then Rhonda, with the partnership, um, moderated that with a high school student. And that um, information really talks about what we're facing from an enforcement perspective. And then we've got some new legislation on the table that will make it harder as far as ID. Um, that's one thing we talked about in the youth leadership panels is it's extremely easy for kids to get. And we've got to tighten that up a little bit. And our Mississippi legislature is definitely working towards that. And I know there are several schools in Mississippi, too, um, Jill, that have already put forth some implementation and policy and making it a little bit tougher. Uh, I know you're proud to be part of that, too, at least here in central yeah. Mississippi. Share what they're doing. Yes. Yeah, so in part of the vaping summit, we did a panel discussion with Rankin County School District that out laid everything they did to fight this and any school can listen to that 30-minute panel discussion and get all the tools needed to do the same thing. They put together an ordinance that banned teen vaping. They put together consequences in their schools if children were caught with vapes. They um, worked on legislation, you know, helping communicate to lawmakers. They've done a lot of different things. They help pass our information along to parents, share our podcast and things like that. Well, if we wanted to pass on here while we're winding down on good things, uh, information to parents. Hallie, what would be your um, sort of, I guess, you know, uh, call to parents to action when it comes to vaping? My number one thing when it comes to parents is talking to your kids at a young age about the dangers of vaping, what's in them, and all the consequences. If you have that conversation with your kid when they're young and they still end up doing it, that's when you have the right to be really upset about it because you've already had the conversation. D'Ambra? I completely agree with that. I'm kind of going to piggyback off of that with the parents being able to talk to them and really just holding a conversation and making sure that they know um, how bad it is, what all in it, what all is in the vapes, and um, what could happen to you once um, something bad goes happening. And Jill, where can we go for that uh, playback of the summit? EnrichMS.org. All the content is free. We have over 12 presentations for. Uh, the entire community. There is something for everybody, whether they're a parent, grandparent, lawmaker, or school administration. There is everything you need to know about the teen vaping epidemic in Mississippi. All righty. Will you stick with us? We've got more for you up next.
I'm Kelly Bennett. You're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Voters would be able to decide whether to temporarily raise the gas tax to pay for improvements to state highways and roads under a bill that'll be debated in the House this week. House Ways and Beans Committee Chair Trey Lamar says the bonding would be no more than two and a half billion over ten years. We have never been in a more favorable interest rate environment, at least in my lifetime, I have not. And so I started thinking, does this make sense to issue revenue bonds that are tied to a, a temporary gas tax that would roll off when the bonds are paid back? The plan calls for raising the price of gas by 10 cents per gallon and diesel by 14 cents. Ford is recalling thousands of pickups that may have been repaired with faulty airbags. Jenny Gasola with Fox has more. Ford lost track of some older Takata airbags that can explode, so it's recalling more than 150,000 Ranger pickup trucks from 2004 to 2006. I'm Kelly Bennett. Mississippians want a medical marijuana program supported by doctors and patients. That's why 74% of Mississippi voters approved Initiative 65, the Doctors and Patients Medical Marijuana Initiative. And it's why they voted down the Politicians Initiative that would have postponed medical marijuana here in Mississippi. Now, the politicians who oppose medical marijuana outright are up to some new tricks. The politicians in Jackson are trying to pass a fake medical marijuana bill. To thwart the will of Mississippians, they just won't learn. We passed medical marijuana last fall, so patients who suffer from debilitating medical conditions can stop suffering. It's the will of the people. Call your legislator, 601-359-3770. Tell them you want medical marijuana like you voted for. Not the politician's scheme to stop it. Patients who suffer can't wait. Paid for by Mississippians for Compassionate Care. Whether you're a rebel, a bulldog, a golden eagle, or just a sports fan, Super Talk Mississippi has got a podcast for you. For you. Sports Talk Mississippi, The Rebel Report, Thunder and Lightning, The Super Talk Eagle Hour, and The Borky Show are all now available for you. And it's all free. Free. Get them all on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Becca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Things wants to remind you that there's an adventure in Mississippi awaiting you this new year. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. And you can find out more about all of your favorite Super Talk shows over on our new Fancy Schmancy website. If you haven't taken the time to head over there and explore, today would be a good day to do it. Hopefully you are back in the office and things are a little bit more normal for you. So that is supertalk.fm where you can watch and listen your favorite shows. Also find all your shows on demand as well. But don't forget, when you are stuck at home like we were this last week and you have those smart TVs, I hope you utilize your Super Talk Mississippi channel. Roku, Amazon Fire TV, C Spire TV, or even on the YouTube. So there really was no excuse for you not to tune in to Super Talk uh, during even the Ice Gate or whatever you want to call it. That Ice happened. Apocalypse 2021. <laughs> well, I felt like we were just sort of all 
you know, just it just we just got stopped. It just the world stood the world froze solid pretty much is how it felt here in Mississippi. But things kept going on the Good Things Facebook group. That is why I say it's always good. If you were on the Book of Faces, you might as well just go over, go to your little search bar, type in Good Things with Rebecca Turner will pop up. And you click join, we'll let you in, and then you get to sort of stay connected with like-minded individuals from Mississippi and sharing some good headlines. And I didn't want to let today go by, even though the snow has melted and the ice is away and things are getting back to normal, without highlighting some of those headlines that really just warmed our hearts over uh, over the last week. First one being the Scrubs and Boots nurse from UMMC who reportedly helped pull 100 motorists off the ice um, there at Lakeland Exit. If you are centrally located, you know exactly where that interstate or where that exit is off the interstate headed up to like towards St. Dominic's. But then you would take you would continue right and go on to UMMC. It's a rather steep uphill curve when iced over. It is almost impossible. It, well, it deemed itself impossible for a lot of folks uh, this past uh, week. And I think it was on Monday, but his name's Matt. And the point is he caught attention being in his scrubs and his work boots. I don't know if he was on or off a shift, uh, but him and a buddy that was with him, of course, they had the right a truck or vehicle to help pull other motors out. It was reported that they got out there. And if you got to think about how cold it was and you're just in those thin scrubs and a pair of work boots, you, you know, you're not necessarily dressed for rescuing folks, but they would pull about a hundred motors, hundred motorists up the hill there at Lakeland and get them up on the top so they could gain traction. The cool part was the majority of those that Matt and his friend um, rescued, I say rescued, his name was Tony got out, I mean, got them unstuck. I don't think they were any immediate danger in terms of physical health. A lot of them were healthcare workers that were trying to get to their shift uh, so they could do their job in helping sort of others. So that one got a lot of attention and made people smile, along with one woman who was determined to make sure she got her shift um, done. You may have seen this, where um, a, a a worker in Hazelhurst at a nursing home. It was Pinecrest Guest Home. Um, she, Miss Cooley, she drove a four-wheeler from Byram to Hazelhurst Tuesday. That's 25 miles to make sure she didn't miss her shift. Uh, when she was asked why she did it, I'm sure, one, it was just the call of duty. She needed to go, show up be on time um, but then too she missed her residence and she knew that they weren't you know necessarily having the best time during not only a pandemic but now an ice storm and everything else so kudos to her though for figuring and finding a way and I think that's one thing that shines through during times like shutdowns particularly though the shutdown for the pandemic was a little bit different than when mother nature just says halt right like pause pause you are you are stuck in environmental situations that are unfamiliar, right? And it's just like Mississippians, we just figure out how to survive. We don't have sleds. We make one out of the tops of garbage cans or out of, you know, whatever it may be to enjoy our kids. Or, I mean, unless we're blessed to be living on the secret coast, not a lot of Mississippians have sea legs. <laughs> just about every Mississippian is lacking in the ice legs. Yes, category. For sure. But we figured it out, and I was so proud, too, how much of the state did stay at home. I know some 
had to get to work and had to do whatever. But for the most part, I felt like we all just wave our white flag and just said, I got up every single morning and tried. I gave it the good old college try every single morning. And the farthest I got was on Wednesday. And that was down to about the equivalent of three blocks. And then it was it was just going to be untenable. It was it was a split decision of nope. I got enough momentum to hit this little up ramp to get enough momentum back up and get back to where I was. It was just it wasn't going to work. It just wasn't going to work. Now imagine though, most of us were, I would say, complaining with you know good intentions, being stuck at home. But for the majority, Mississippi kept power or got it back quickly, um, as well as probably you know I know some are still wrestling with without any water, but we we saw nothing in the respects of what Texas had, but. If you if you call the streets your home or if you don't have a home, then this type of weather becomes a serious and dangerous scenario for you. And you can't just go get a home overnight and shelters are pretty well um, stocked. So I have to give a huge shout out to Shower Power Mississippi. They are centrally located, but on a dime, they raised over $50,000 and they put 137 people who didn't have homes, one being an eight-month-old baby, in hotels for the week. They pretty much maxed out what they could in helping um, those that they serve weekly with their mobile shower units uh, to make sure that they were taken care of during this time of of just crisis um, situation when shelters ran out or they had family situations. Doesn't matter. They were able to, from the generosity of Mississippians, donating anywhere from five to I saw larger donations to still make sure that those individuals, 137, including a baby, had the opportunity to, you know, be like us, stuck in at least a warm place with shelter and and not have to worry about making it through the night. So that really warmed my heart as well. And there were plenty of other good headlines there in Madison, Mississippi. Uh, the Sheriff's Department talked about how Domino's and Gladstat fed the entire staff because, again, your first responders, uh, including your police force and your firemen and your health care workers, they don't always get to just take the day off because Mother Nature decided to be a booger bear. Usually they're the ones that are out there making sure we're not being a booger bear by getting out and doing something stupid trying to get to our jobs <laughs> or wherever it is that we may need to be. Or if we do find ourselves, you know, sliding off, they're there to sort of help. So kudos to Domino's for doing um, for doing that as well. So I just loved seeing all of the good that came through our feeds and the laughter and at least keeping, um, you know, our eye on the positive things. I do think that the birds in Mississippi ended up being one of the one of the <laughs> One of the shockers that I didn't realize so many people would gravitate to, a simple post about the fact that when the, I guess the, when, when the, when it starts to get iced, when you think about it, ice over that way, birds can't peck to get to the food and forage. Yeah, they don't have the, uh, the correct tools to, <clears throat> to get down to what they're used to eating. Right. And so a simple just, Put out your leftover bread or biscuits or bird seed if you had it or popcorn or cereal. Anything like that would help the birds not have to work so hard for their for their efforts. And y'all took that and ran with it, man. I mean, y'all were feeding birds left and right and giving up your last um, cornbread slices and all the things. And so and having a good time too, watching them come 
and enjoy. I was actually inspired by that post to go yeah. sit on the back porch and just watch the birds. And there's a, a tree right behind my apartment that I'm pretty sure it's going to be bare unless it rebuds because the birds picked it dry. Picked it, it. There's not a single little ball or bud left on it. Nope. And I'll have to say, though, there there was one casualty that I kind of got tickled, but I don't know, Mother Nature. A friend of mine saw the post. She fed her birds. Her cat then returned with a bird. And so, you know, the world still just the circle of life, the circle of life still goes goes around. But I did feel like I was accomplice to bird murder. because. <laughs> But the cat was so proud of herself. She was bored, too, during the ice lockdown or the <laughs> and, and anyway. So anyway, I appreciate you all who who chimed in, who uh, took part in what we were doing there, who shared the good stories, who, um, you know, shared pictures and photos and all the good things. So a friend of mine just texted me. Hashtag Mrs. Slippy 2021. Yes. That, I think we found the name for it. I think we have. But, you know, it's it's we're almost into the third month of 2021 and we're we all should just be able to pump your brakes. OK, just whoever is pump your brakes. 20, <laughs> you know, we we didn't get hit until March of 2020. I just want to point out that if you remember pre pre covid 2020 started with fire in Australia. That's true. The 2021 has started with ice in Mississippi. Pump your brakes, Mother Nature. Pump your brakes. <laughs> but don't turn your dial. We've got more good things for you coming up next.
This is the closing agri-market report. At the close of New York Cotton Exchange, May cotton was up 193 to 92.41. July cotton was up 187 to 9308. At the close of the Chicago Board of Trade, May soybeans were up seven and a half to thirteen eighty-seven and a half per bushel. July soybeans were up nine and a quarter to thirteen seventy-seven per bushel. May corn was up eight and three quarters to five fifty and a half per bushel. July corn was up eight and a half to five forty-one and a half per bushel. At the Mercantile, April live cattle was down sixty-two to one twenty-three oh five. June live cattle was down twenty-seven to one twenty twenty-five. April feeders up 60 to 143.27. May feeders up 35 to 146.07. And at this hour, the Dow Jones is up 147 points, 31,641. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is the Super Talk Mississippi Agri News Network. Winter break is coming to an end for cattle parasites. So start your parasite fight now. With Safeguard Feed Formulations, keeping up that fight is easier than ever. Available in blocks, cubes, pellets, or free-choice mineral, Safeguard Feed Formulations are the convenient, labor-saving way to deworm cattle on grass. Simply add it to your current feed and mineral program. No processing, no shoot, no added stress. Remember to consult your veterinarian for assistance in the diagnosis, treatment, and control of parasitism. Are you stuck inside but still looking for bargains on new and secondhand goods? Try HighBid.com, the online auction site for just about anything. HighBid.com offers a safe and easy way to find hundreds of thousands of items for sale every day. From rare coins to fine jewelry, tools to vintage toys, and classic cars to real estate. HighBid.com has it all. HighBid.com makes it easy to find what you're looking for, and the site is simple to use. Come to HighBid.com, that's H-I-B-I-D.com, and start discovering great deals today. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. delay on planning a Mississippi adventure today, go to visitmississippi.org. And it's good to be back with you on Good Things, even if it is a Monday. We are back to a normal routine for the most part in the state. But looking back over the week, hindsight is always twenty twenty. So I have to know, how did your food situation sort of you know, fall out? Because I think we were all prepared with the milk and the bread and a frozen pizza or, you know, some ham and cheese for like what? Maybe Tuesday? But judging by what our our parents, I mean, excuse me, what our teachers sent home for parents, you're like, ah, at the worst we're going to go through Tuesday because Monday was already President's Day. It was already a, a out of school day. But then by Wednesday, it starts to look a little bit iffy. By Friday, if you really did hunker down and choose not to leave your home, which is what the Turners did, you started getting really creative with the meals that you were preparing. I mean, you had, for the most part, we all, I feel like, had calories to eat. Let's put it that way. But the meals became... They were not the most well-balanced. <laughs> the meals became... What's in the pantry versus what do you want from the pantry definitely came down. So, Rhino, what's the strangest thing that you or, – or the, or the oddest 
out of normal routine thing you ate during the uh well i i did make a hike to the gas station on monday and during that hike i made sure to pick up a couple dozen chicken livers because they tend to keep in the fridge and you can you have a little bit of protein i was figured okay that's a dozen for today dozen for tomorrow i'll be good and I wound up stretching them out longer until Thursday. I had a bowl, had a can of tomato soup that I don't know what it when you're it expired and it was reduced <laughs> fat. But it was it was one of those I picked up off the clearance rack because it was a, a quarter or something, and it was one of those big cans of tomato soup. So I made that, and I'm like, I want some protein. Uh, I still got some chicken livers, chicken liver and fried chicken liver and tomato soup is a strange taste. Oh, I can only imagine. So we actually, I think, I guess the strangest lunch that came down for us was someone had um, gifted me, which is funny, the Flaming Hot Cheetos pot, or the macaroni and cheese because I love <laughs> <laughs> so I love Flaming Hot Cheetos, right? That's great. But, of course, when you have a flavor like that, they'll turn it into everything. And if you haven't seen it, it's the Kraft Mac and Cheese, but it's a Flaming Hot Cheetos mix. And it was basically the only quick thing left in the pantry for just kind of like that easy lunch. You got to remember, I have an eight-year-old and I have an almost uh, a year-and-a-half-year-old or 18-month-year-old. Eight. You couldn't have served Neely tomato soup with chicken livers. No, no. So what I did, though, she was all excited about it. So I cooked up the noodles because it was the last noodles that were in the house, and I halved it. She got the really weird hot whatever sauce on top, and me and the baby got butter. <laughs> <laughs> and spared out the sort of the milk with it or whatever else. I think we had some leftover um, meat in the refrigerator. But, yeah, that was the one strange one. I was like, man, it's getting tight in here if this is what it comes down to trying to figure out. And I know everybody was doing that from just cheese and crackers to you know, figuring out how to just make your food stretch or getting creative with what's in your deep freezer. I'm lucky because I tend to keep a five-pound bag of rice at all times. Mm-hmm. Like if, if if the bag's half empty, all right, I need to go ahead and buy another one because this one's going to be gone soon. And I had a lot of rice. Well, right now, and I feel like when people are saying that everyone's out hoarding food, I don't think that's true. I think people are restocking. Oh, yeah. I think it's I don't think it's so much like we're hoarding like we did toilet paper. Toilet paper was a completely different scenario where you felt like there wasn't going to be enough and then you had enough for the next, you know, turn of the century. With this, when everybody finally was able to smidgedly get out or if they were just able to get to a grocery store or a gas station by Wednesday, you were in that panic mode of, I didn't plan for this many days, and not everyone has just a deep freeze full of random things or a pantry full of random things to choose from. But when you did finally get to get out, say Saturday or Sunday, you were in full like refurb mode, like you were in full restock, all the things that you normally just have on hand for a rainy day. I mean, those that was gone. And so so were all the groceries. I mean, your your bread, your milk. I mean, when I walk in as a dietitian and I see the fruits and veggies have been picked over, I'm like, yes, it has gotten serious. I did notice a distinct distaste. Every single picture I saw of the bread aisle seemed to have at least a couple packages of English muffins. And I'm thinking, if you're hunt- hurting for bread 
and you're down to tortillas or English muffins, I'd go with the English muffin. For sure. And I got lucky. I was um, going to get a hot plate there at Ramey's uh, to treat us to something that I didn't have to cook. And I was looking for bread. Couldn't find bread. I looked to the left, and oh my God, there was a thing of Hawaiian rolls. I thought I'd hit the jackpot, right? I was like, I found bread no one knew about. (laughs) (laughs) Them little rolls make great little sandwiches. So... We have Hawaiian rolls for days at our house. Uh, But we all survived, and that's the cool part. We did it. We did something we thought was impossible and at times felt unfair. But we all kept the positive light, at least here on Good Things and over on the Facebook group. So we'd love to have you there. But stick with us. you got more coming up next. you got Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will be back tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.